It's Thursday, September the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Navalny poisoned with Novichok, and Pompeo picks more fights. First, the world in brief. The German government said Alex Navalny, the Russian opposition leader who fell ill on a flight from Serbia last month, was poisoned with Novichok, a chemical nerve agent. Mr Navalny remains in a coma in Berlin. Novichok was also used to poison Sergei Skripal, a former Russian spy, and his daughter in Britain in 2018. Russian doctors have repeatedly disputed that Mr Navalny was poisoned. Mike Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, unveiled sanctions against senior members of the International Criminal Court, including its chief prosecutor, Fatou Ben-Soudar. He said the body based in The Hague continually targets Americans without jurisdiction. The country never joined the ICC. The Trump administration is particularly piqued by an investigation into alleged war crimes by American soldiers in Afghanistan. Mr Pompeo also said Chinese diplomats in America would have to seek permission before visiting universities, meeting local government officials or hosting large cultural events. It is a direct response to the excessive restraints already placed on our diplomats by China, he told reporters. The World Health Organization said anti-inflammatory steroids should be used to treat COVID-19 in patients who need oxygen support. A large study provided a clear signal that low-dose hydrocortisone, dexamethasone and methylprednisolone reduced mortality, it said. An earlier study of dexamethasone by Oxford University had produced a similar result. India banished another 118 Chinese-owned apps from the country's Google and Apple stores. Like a similar ban in June, it is a retaliatory gesture prompted by China's nibbling incursions along their Himalayan border. The casualties this time include PUBG, a first-person shooter game so popular that some Indian politicians had wanted to ban it to preserve the youth. Macy's reported a net loss of $431 million US million for the three months ending on August 1st. Sales fell at the American department store chain by 36% year-on-year to $3.6 billion, US dollars, although online sales helped to reduce the decline growing by 53% over the previous quarter. The results, while grim, were nevertheless better than many analysts had expected. And Thailand's king, Vajir Alongkorn, reinstated his official mistress almost a year after she was ousted for rivalling the queen. Siana Vojapar Unotni, the first royal consort in almost a century, lasted just a few months in the job the first time round. Henceforth, it will be as if she had never been stripped of her military ranks or royal decorations, announced the Royal Gazette. And now, here's today's agenda. Dynasty defeated, a Kennedy in Massachusetts. Joe Kennedy, a member of the House of Representatives, lost his Senate primary challenge against Ed Markey in Massachusetts. It's the first time a Kennedy has lost an election in the state since 1946, after 28 contested races. There was little difference between the two well-liked Democratic politicians, apart from age. Polls indicated a tight race, making the campaign bitter at times. 
Recently, Mr. Markey, who had the support of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a prominent left-wing New York congresswoman, had pulled ahead. Mr. Kennedy surprised many Democrats when he took on Mr. Markey, a respected, diligent Washington veteran. Some supposed he felt entitled to the seat by his family history. But the politics and demography of Massachusetts have changed in the decade since his great-uncle Ted Kennedy was the Lion of the Senate. A diverse population, comprising minorities, immigrants and yuppies, has replaced white-blue-collar neighbourhoods that once loyally supported the Kennedy clan. An easy victory, Jamaica's general election. With a double-digit lead in opinion polls, Jamaica's Prime Minister, Andrew Holness, expects an easy win in today's election. But he faces a tough fight afterwards as the country battles the pandemic. Despite a campaign without mass rallies or baby kissing, daily infections have spiked almost tenfold in two weeks. Packed buses and shared taxis to polling stations will make matters worse. Several celebrities have tested positive, including Usain Bolt, the fastest man to ever run 100 metres, after an ill-advised birthday party. Tourism, the island's main money earner, has been hit hard. Airports reopened in mid-June after a three-month shutdown, but few visitors have arrived since, despite heavy discounting and special offers from hotels. A surprising bright spot is Jamaica's second biggest money earner, remittances from the diaspora in America and elsewhere. After dipping in April, cash inflows in June were 42% above their normal level. Even for hard-pressed migrants, family ties back home run deep. Tech war goes local. Chinese streaming services in Taiwan. Taiwan's government first cracked down last year on mainland Chinese video streaming services. But some, like Beidou Aichi and Tencent Video, have still found their way past Taiwanese regulators by partnering with local firms. Today, however, Taiwan's telecoms regulator will partially close that loophole, banning such services from operating within its borders. Aichi and Tencent Video will not be blocked from Taiwan's internet. Instead, subscribers will be forced to use their mainland Chinese versions, resulting in slower connections and clunky cross-border payment mechanisms. Losing some access to such a relatively small market will hardly damage Tencent or Beidou's bottom lines. But it does further reduce China's influence in Taiwan, which is a key priority of President Tsai Ing-wen. It also adds to the increasingly difficult environment Chinese technology firms face abroad. Both America and India have recently placed bans and sanctions on a host of its companies and products. Le Plan Nouveau France's stimulus package. Three quarters of a century after France invented a system of bureaucratic planning to rebuild the battered country in the post-war era, Le Plan is back. Jean Castot, the Prime Minister, is today due to revive the moribund institution. François Bayrou, the leader of the centrist party, will be appointed to run it. This time, however, the plan will not be about devising five-year targets but rather preparing France for the next 10 years. In the meantime, the country has more immediate problems. The French economy shrank by 13.8% in the three months to the end of June. Today, the government hopes to kick-start it with a stimulus package worth 100 billion euros, or 118 billion US dollars. It will also help decarbonise the economy, as well as invest in skills 
research, infrastructure, and digitization to boost productivity in the long run. Stand by for a spree of building and renovation, if not quite the grand projects of old. Old Wounds, Germany and Poland 81 years on. After waiting three months for his agreement, official diplomatic approval, as German envoy to Warsaw, Arndt Freitag von Loringhoven arrived in Warsaw yesterday, the day after the 81st anniversary of the invasion of Poland by Nazi Germany. Agremonts are usually a swift formality, but Jaroslav Kaczynski, chairman of the ruling Law and Justice PIS party, reportedly blocked Mr. Freitag von Loringhoven's appointment because his father served as a military officer in Hitler's bunker during the last months of the Second World War. Bernd Freitag von Loringhoven was never charged with any war crimes. Berlin did not withdraw the appointment. The Polish government finally gave its approval on Monday. However, the episode highlights the populist PIS's tendency to fan anti-German resentment. This plays well with some Polish voters, yet it also does lots of damage to relations between neighbours that have made much progress since the Berlin Wall fell. Finally, here's the quote of the day from J.R.R. Tolkien, who was born on this day in 1892. I always in writing start with a name. Give me a name and it produces a story. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you'll have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.